Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate so much you listening to Bible Crossfire every week at this same time. I was telling people about the name Bible Crossfire. Crossfire, what we're saying is you can call in, and if you disagree with something we say, uh, that's fine, call in and we'll talk about it. You can, quote, get into the crossfire in that way. Of course, what we're interested in is not just the arguing the Bible, but what we're looking for is finding the truth. But sometimes when somebody's teaching something that's not the truth, we have to try to persuade them. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. That's really the point of this program. I am trying to present God's truth, and I try to persuade those who don't understand it correctly. But perhaps I could be wrong about something in something, in, uh, something I teach, you call in and you correct me. You prove what you say by the Bible. You'll be my best friend. So call in with your Bible question or comment. And the only thing, restriction we have, it has to have something to do with the Bible. And the only rule we have is that the Bible settles the answer. The Bible, whatever the question is, whatever the Bible says about that question, that settles it. It doesn't matter what some man says, some what some preacher says, or what the most popular answer is or what is the most fun or exciting or what will bring in the most people to the church. What settles is what God says. He's the authority. And by extension, his word, the Bible, is his authority because that's how he communicates to us his truth. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John seventeen seventeen. So the way that God communicates to us the truth about religion is through his word. That's why I say the Bible's going to settle all religious questions. Cecil from North Carolina, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Just looking for a church here in High Point, Greensboro, North Carolina. Cecil, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call you back after the program and call you with uh, the, the, uh, a, a, a faithful congregation near you that you can visit. But I, I'm not going to do it on the air because I need to look that up and maybe ask a friend. And I'll get back with you after the program, okay? That'll work. Thank you so much. Is it, uh, You just watch out for a call from me. Is that the only question you have? That's it. Yes. I'll call you after the program, Cecil. Thank you. Thank you, Cecil. Bye-bye. So, yeah, bye-bye. So what we're saying is that, of course... You know, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Of course, a lot of people claim to be disciples, but they're not continuing in Jesus' word. They're not really his disciples. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Only the truth will set us free from sin, not false religious teaching. And that's why we contrast on this program the false religious teachings of men with what Jesus and the New Testament actually teaches what it actually says is the only thing that's important. Diane from Arkansas, go ahead with your Bible question or comments, please. Okay, thank you for uh, taking my call. Um, I uh, took care of both of my parents for four years, try to make this fast, and my father passed away with dementia. Um, I am still ta- uh, taking care of my mother. That's very noble of you to do that, to take care of your parents like that. Well, thank you. Um, and I want to. Um, but uh, both of them 
have not been the best, but you know, I wasn't the best when I got saved, and God's still changing me. Um, but it's uh, very hard when you serve someone that is chosen to live a life away from Christ, and they're very manipulative and mean and have tried to destroy you. And yet, you know, I'm still doing it. I want to still do it, but it's very hard. And my better half has asked me, do I think I'm keeping God from working? Because as long as I meet my mother's needs, at every beck and call, she will never cry out. So I just, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes I, I tell myself I just ain't going to do it no more because of my dad. Um, uh, Diane, I think this might be a better uh, thing uh, discussion for us to have off the air uh, because there's not a quick, definite answer to what you're going at, but... You know, Ephesians 6, verse 2 says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So you are to honor your father and your mother. And Romans twelve twenty one says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So when somebody's evil to us, the way we're supposed to try to overcome it is with good, not with evil. Sounds like you're trying to do it that way, and I'm glad. What we might do, and I'm, I'm going to mention this to you on the air, because I'm really uh, offering it to you and everybody on the air. Because, and I think it would be something good for you, Diane, and especially if we can get your mother involved in it, and that is that free one-hour phone Bible study that I offer. So I would be glad to call you at a convenient time, a time that's agreeable to you when it's convenient for you, and have a free one-hour phone Bible study with you. How does that sound, Diane? Um, that, sounds, that sounds good. Um, well, I got John sixteen thirty three. That in the you know the world will have tribulation, he has overcome the world, and and I keep telling myself you know I just uh, and I've also been told this week to take up the armor of God. Don't just have mm-hmm. it on, but take it up, and then don't take no offense, and don't let my mother have my power and to get me upset. So I'm working on it. I, I just didn't know, it, you know. I'm still doing, I'm still doing, I, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do, but sometimes it's very, very hard. Yes. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we've had her parents in our house for, for about five years, so so we know that you're in a position where you know in the normal course of things, the parents have authority over the children. And so it becomes difficult when you have to take care of your parents as if you were taking care of your children because the roles uh, get you get conflicting roles almost like role reversal and the parents are going to resent you telling them what to do because you're their child yet uh, if they're living with you and you're t- and then you're taking care of them you know sometimes they have to learn to acquiesce to your wishes since they're dependent upon you so it becomes hard because the roles uh, in a sense, become in their mind reversed, and they they can become easily become resentful. Right. Uh, thank well, you for your call, you. Diane. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, I'm gonna call you sometime later. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at eight seven seven six five five six seven five five eight seven seven six five five six seven five five. We appreciate 
any call. If it's a Bible question, we want to deal with it. Whatever Bible question is of interest to you, that's the kind of questions we're looking to answer, is the ones that are of interest to our audience. While we're waiting on our next call, I thought we'd talk about a concept that not too many uh, not too many Bible lessons or sermons talk about this concept. Uh, most preachers just don't touch on it. First Timothy 5 verse 22 says, Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of an other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. So what Paul is telling Timothy in this letter, and by extension he would be telling all of us the same thing, is do not be a partaker in other men's sins. So, you know, there's a possibility that you can be technically not guilty of a sin yourself, but become a partaker in somebody else's sin. You're not committing the sin, but somebody else is committing the sin. And in the words of Second Peter, Second John, verses nine through eleven, you bid them Godspeed, meaning you help them sin or encourage them in their sin. And even though you don't actually commit the sin yourself, you become a partaker in their evil deeds. Let me read Second John, verses nine through eleven. You may remember it. It says, "Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son." Now that's pretty simple. Uh, uh, a lot of people won't even come close to accepting it. I know that most uh, most churches and most preachers will say, "No, you're a, you have God, regardless of whether or not you abide in abiding the teaching of Christ." I mean, all you got to do is believe in Jesus, and you have God. It doesn't matter whether you abide in His teaching. But this verse, of course, says you have to abide in the teaching of Christ to have God to be saved. Now, let me read verses ten and eleven. It says, "If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine." Receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed, for he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. That's what I was talking about. Even though I might be abiding in the teaching of Christ, if I help or encourage somebody else in their sin, I become a partaker in their evil deeds. And that's what I'd like to talk about. But if you have something else interesting from the Bible you'd like to talk about or a question, give us a call, 877 Revelation 18.4 says this, Come out of her that ye be not partakers of her sin. See, there's that same idea. And Ephesians 5, 6 and 7 says, Be not ye therefore partakers with the children of disobedience. Ephesians 5.11 says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Psalm 50 verse 18 says, Thou sawest a thief, a thief thou consentest with him. And has been partaker with adulterers. If a person is a thief, we don't need to consent with him. Luke twenty three fifty through fifty one, talking about Joseph of Arimathea, it says he had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. That was good. Don't consent to somebody who's in sin. Ron from Virginia, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, sir. The Bible said was talking about he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but it also says he that uh, unless you be born again of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom. So, so with those two things, those that say that all we have to do is just believe to be saved, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a very good point. The people who say all you have to do to be saved is believe, that contradicts the verse you quoted from Mark sixteen sixteen, where Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, right? Right. 
Yeah, that proves you not only have to believe, you have to obey. You have to be baptized. And then you, then you referred, Ron, to John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus himself said, and of course, he, he said, Mark 16, 16, he said, John 3, 5, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I think Mark 16, 16, that verse you read first, Ron, helps us to understand that this verse is talking about water baptism. And Jesus says, unless you do it, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You won't be saved. So you're exactly right, Ron. It's a very good point. And I like the method of what you're doing. You're Here's something that somebody teaches. All you got to do to be saved is believe. And you just gave two verses that clearly and plainly prove that's wrong. So those people who teach that, they have to make a choice. They can continue to teach that all you got to do to be saved is believe and therefore show that they don't believe Christ or they can change and start submitting to Christ and believe what Christ says that you do have to be baptized to be saved that more than belief is just enough you see what I'm saying Ron? Absolutely you know and the disciples they understood it otherwise everywhere in the Bible they baptized anybody was in the name of Jesus or the Lord Jesus Christ so they understood exactly what Jesus was saying when he said that, they did it. So it's just like also, what's the one scripture that says baptism, baptism does not also save thee? Yeah, that's in First Peter three twenty one. It says, baptism doth also now save us. Now, Ron, I don't think God would say that baptism saves us if a person didn't have to be baptized to be saved, right? Absolutely. That that would be totally confusing. Another passage that we quote quite often, Ron, in this program. On this subject, Peter told some believers in Acts 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you have to repent. Not only do you have to believe, but you have to repent and be baptized to get the remission of sins. You see that, Ron? Absolutely. That's the thing. You know, we're born in the flesh into our family, but some people don't think, well, you got to be born into God's family. You know, you got to come through the water to be born. You came through the water through your mother's womb. You got to come through the water of baptism to be born into God's family. You know, we have a perfect illustration of ha- of of someone the, who was converted, but not at the point of faith, not by faith only. The conversion of Saul, Ron, is in the Book of Acts three times more than any other conversion account, and. And he, the Lord Jesus, appears to him miraculously on the road to Damascus. Ron, you can stay on the line, but let me mention the phone number in case somebody else wants to call. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. So the Lord appears to, to Saul on the road to Damascus. We see that in Acts 9, 3 through 6. Saul believes in Christ. He's told to go into the city. He goes into the city. He's fasting, Acts 9, 9. He's praying, Acts chapter 9, verse 11. He's already believed in Christ. He's praying and fasting. And three days later, Ananias is sent to tell Saul what to do. And he says in Acts twenty two sixteen, And now why tarriest thou? Rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So, Ron, did you want to say something about that? No, I was just, I was just uh, uh, agreeing and saying amen. That's awesome. Now, you know, Ron, a Yankee might say, why tarriest thou? But down here in South, we would say, what you waiting on? And he tells him, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. Now, we all agree it's the blood of Christ 
that washes away our sins. The question is when? Well, in the case of Saul, who later became known as Paul, after he was converted, wrote practically half the books in the New Testament, he, the blood of Christ did not wash away his sins when he believed. The blood of Christ washed away his sins three days later when he was baptized. Do you see that, Ron, from that verse, Acts twenty-two sixteen? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've looked at four passages, uh, Ron, or, or five actually, counting the ones you brought up. We've brought up five passages all five of them conclusively prove that a person has to be baptized to be saved, don't they? Absolutely. Ron, Absolutely. thanks for your call, okay? Thank you. Good talking to you. Have a good evening. Larry from Indiana, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, I've heard you uh, discuss this several times, and the question always came up in my mind. There would be Aborigines, Native American Indians, and Eskimos who would not know about a new covenant, would maybe have never read a Bible, and would not know about baptism. About baptism. So how does what you're talking about tonight apply to those type of people? Because I don't think Christ would have um, created and born those kind of people with the um, long-range term of them not being saved because they weren't baptized. Well... Those Aborigines and those American Native American Indians you're talking about, not only would they not have known about baptism, they would not have known about Jesus Christ being the Son of God under your scenario. And Jesus said in John eight twenty four, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. So think about that, Larry. We we need to ask the same question about them, since they're they don't ever hear the gospel and they don't know about Jesus being the Son of God and they don't believe in Jesus. Are they going to be saved anyway, even though they don't believe in Jesus? Well, I guess my question would be, are they born to die and go to hell? No. So so the, the problem you present with baptism is the same problem with John 3.16 in belief. They don't know to believe in Christ. Are they going to be lost even though they haven't heard about Jesus? And the answer to both of those problems, Larry, I believe is found in a passage like Matthew 7, verse 7, and there are a lot of passages that teach this same concept. Jesus said, Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you. And as a matter of fact, Matthew 5, verse 6, right there in this, near the same location, Jesus said in the Beatitudes, uh, he says, Blessed are the, excuse me, verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So Jesus doesn't say, if you seek God, if you seek me, if you seek the truth, you might find it. He says that you will. I believe then that God is guaranteeing that anybody who seeks God and wants to understand God and wants to be responsible to the Creator, and everybody that lives on the earth knows there's a Creator. I mean, the, how could have the moon have gotten there unless it was created? They, they want to know about this Creator and be responsible to it. God will make sure that there's that they have a chance to find out about Christ, that they have a chance, an opportunity to believe in Christ, and an opportunity to be baptized into Christ. So they're going to have, they're going to, they're going to learn about Christ if they're a true seeker and have an opportunity to either have a thumbs up or a thumbs down to it. Does that make sense, Larry? Well, it does. But uh, I guess what I'm saying, they never, they would have never had access to a Bible. Yeah, and, but uh, that's why, that's why God sends us out to preach the gospel to every go and preach the gospel to every nation 
He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's our responsibility. To get out and preach to these people. Ray from California, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, thank you for taking this call. Um, my wife is Catholic. I'm Christian. We have a six-month-old baby. We've been having issues with this because she wants to baptize our child. My pastor says, no, let's dedicate our child. Um, and her side of the family wants to baptize my little six-month-old. And we're having issues with this to the point that we're it's getting really stressful. And, and um, I, I don't know. I prayed about it, and I don't know where to turn to. And I wanted to get some guidance from you. Okay, right. We're going to have to go off there in just a moment, but if, I don't know if you have your Bible handy. Do you? I, I do not. I'm driving, actually, right okay. now, and, and everything works for a reason. It's that I turned you on, and you're talking about this, and it's... Okay. Perhaps I can call you later. I'll try to call you later when you have a chance to look in your Bible, but let me read to you Acts 8, beginning of verse 35. It says, Then Philip opened his mouth... And began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So Philip is preaching the Jesus to the eunuch. Follow me so far, Ray? Yes. Verse 36 says, And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? In other words, the eunuch sees some water. And he, and he knows, because Philip's preached to him Jesus, that he needs to be baptized. He says, What's keeping me from being baptized? Verse 37, Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Now think about that, Ray. What is Philip saying? He wants to be baptized, and he says, and Philip says, if you believe, you may. You may what, Ray? You may get baptized. That's right. But wouldn't that, if I say you, if you believe, you may be baptized, wouldn't that imply that if you don't believe, you shouldn't be baptized? Yes, my, my pastor says that, you know, my, my son doesn't know common sense. He should do that as he gets older. Yes. Yeah, so the Catholic you, priest says that I should, you, you have to do it, you know, and I'm, no, I'm, getting, but, I'm getting pressured. I'm getting torn. Yeah. So you see verse 37. At home. The Verse 37, your preacher is correct that since that infant can't believe, Acts 8, verse 37 if you believe you may be baptized, means he should not be baptized. So your preacher is correct on that, not because he said it, but because this is what God said in Acts 8.37. So, you know, of course, you can't twist somebody's arm, but you've got to convince your wife that since we're... Tr you, let me ask you, Ray. If you plan baseball, what rule book should you follow? Well, by the if I'm playing in the major leagues, it's a major league rule book. Exactly. <laughs> I like you got specific. Major league baseball has a major league baseball rule book. But generally, if you're not following the baseball rule book, you're not really playing baseball, are you? No. And what's the rule book for Christianity? It's, it's everything is the word of God through the Bible. The Bible is the rule book. So if we're not following the Bible, we're not really practicing Christianity, are we? We may be claiming to, but we're not really, are we? So the Catholic Church... In my, huh? Would it be a sin? Because she, she says, how about if we do a baptism and then a dedication? And 
my pastor says no. And, you know, I, I want to compromise with her. Ray, I'm going to have to go the off the air. I'm going to have to go off the air. I'll call you later. But keep this verse in mind. Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 9, In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Infant baptism, since it's not found in the Bible, is a commandment of men. So people who practice that are practicing a commandment of men. Therefore, their worship is in vain. Useless or worthless, and you can't go to heaven that way. Ray, we appreciate your call. I'll try to call you later so we can talk about this more, okay? I, I really appreciate it. You have a good evening. You have a good evening. Now, let me mention, my, again, my offer that I mentioned to one of the callers. There's a lot of subjects we've been talking about. Perhaps you would like to have more information on those. Why don't you call or text me after the program, and we will set up a one-hour, free one-hour phone Bible study at your convenience. Call or text me at 256 682 9753. 